the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Your Discipleship Coach. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Well, I'm continuing in our mini-series today. The mini-series is called Commands of Jesus, and you're listening to episode three of four here today. So I'll wrap this up next week, but the commands of Jesus. I was thinking about that word this week, and the concept of command, I don't know if you've heard of the phrase command prompt that you might hear about when thinking of computers, and in the context of technology and computing, a command is an instruction given by a user to a computer or software to perform a certain task. So there's a prompt where you can give a command so something then can be computed or something would would happen based on that command. I guess I say like this, a command uh, just in general is an order. It's an order, it's a direction given to do something. And, And these orders or the direction, the command, is typically given by someone with an authoritative position. So you would be the authority over the computer if you're typing in at a command prompt, whether you know it or not. But oftentimes the command would come from a parent to a child or a boss to an employee or someone from authority. They would give a command, and based on that command, they're expecting an output or a result. Well, today, we're continuing our conversation on the various commands of Jesus. We're not covering all of them in this mini-series, but we're covering several of the commands of Jesus. And these commands are are helpful to you if you're a new Christian or you're a growing Christian or even to those strong, long-term, mature Christians. The commands of Jesus impact our life. And all of the idea is taken from John chapter 14, verse 15, where Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And this is the idea as maturing Christians, we would be people or keepers of the commandments of Jesus. So that's the episode commands of Jesus. We're in part three. So what we've talked about so far, I'm not going to redo the whole episode, but I do want to just frame at the beginning of this episode, and then I'll conclude at the end of next episode, kind of what we've talked about. Some of the commands of Jesus include, number one, to repent, which Jesus shared at the beginning of his ministry, and he said, repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is one of the commands of Jesus to those that need to become followers of him. And then it's recorded in Luke's gospel number two, the second command, deny yourself. Jesus said, Luke chapter 9, if you would come after me, you would deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So this is the idea, is we are commanded to repent of our sin and to deny ourselves. The third command is to seek God's kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's a command that Jesus commands us, repenters those that are denying ourselves to seek the kingdom of God. And ultimately, as it's I've mentioned from Luke, but also Matthew 4, the fourth command is to follow me, follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And what we learn, and I guess we talked about this in the earlier episodes, is the focus of our discipleship process is always on Jesus. But the action of the discipleship process is the action to follow. So repent, deny yourself, Seek God's kingdom and follow. Then we've talked about uh, the next command, number five, love God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is what we are to do as those that are following Jesus who have repented. We, we love the Lord. But then we got into last episode, the fact that we are to also love our neighbor. That's what Jesus said. It's the second piece is to not just love God, but to love your neighbor. And then we ended last week with a conversation talking about the seventh command, love your enemies. Jesus said, I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. So what we've learned so far in this series, the commands of Jesus, is is his commands impact us. And we must repent of our sin and, you know, deny ourselves, seek God, follow. But then we turn to a, a perspective of love, loving God, loving your neighbor, loving your enemies. Well, today we're going to put some practical uh, context around this as we continue the series, The Commands of Jesus. And the eighth command is this, do unto others. I'll just leave it like that, and I'll unpack that for us here today. Matthew chapter 7 says this, Jesus talking. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is what we call the golden rule. You've heard this, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's two thoughts here as you unpack this command of Jesus that I want to point out. The first thought is this, is that we're to give out of our need. So do unto others what you would have them do to you. We're giving out of our need. So if you feel like you need a friend, we're to give friendship. Out of our need of needing a friend, we're to give what we need. We are to give or to do what we want others to do. If you need encouragement, give encouragement. So the first thought of the golden rule or the command of Jesus, do unto others, is to give out of your need. The second one is this, to give before you receive. See, the idea is to prioritize not your own needs, not our own needs, but the needs of others. So we're, we're to look at the needs and interests of others above our own. And, and the idea is that as believers, we're trusting God to meet our needs, that he's faithful and just to meet our needs. So we're, we're, what we need to do here, do unto others, is to consider a perspective rather than what I need is blah, blah, blah. Instead, rather, we should be thinking this, what does my neighbor need? Or or maybe you can ask it like this, what does my spouse need? 
Not what do I need from my spouse, but if you want to practice the command of Jesus at home, the question is, what does my spouse need? Or maybe you can ask, what does my coworker need? Others just in general. It's interesting. So I'm a coach. I do a lot of coaching and I was paying someone to be, to mentor me, uh, so I could continue to improve as a coach. And my mentor coach asked how I was doing with activating and cultivating uh, a sense of trust in my coaching conversations with my clients. And with some pride, I said, Hey, by the, by the third conversation I'm having with a client, we have really high trust. And I have to say, I'm, I'm thinking that that I was feeling good about that, but I also was hoping we were talking about it because I wanted quicker and higher trust from my clients. And, and I was sort of glad with where I was with what I was giving out. So the mentor coach said, you know, when, when are you seeing trust? Third conversation. And my mentor coach said, so Mike, what, what's taking you so long? And I was really challenged because I was wanting higher trust right away before I actually was giving it. And I, I've learned over the years to cultivate trust right in our first conversation. I, I learned to give what it is I was looking for. And I think that same thing is true in our spiritual life, that we're to, to give based on our need. And when we're talking about how to love our neighbor, it's not that we're looking for it, but we're looking to, to be the one that loves so that was number eight, do unto others. I want to introduce the ninth command, and then I'll just introduce it, maybe read a scripture. We won't get into it. We'll continue it in the second half of the show. But let me just get us started here. The ninth command is take my yoke. So, so far, do unto others. Number nine, take my yoke. Matthew 11 records the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It continues. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Again, Jesus talking, and you will find rest for your souls. Then he says this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I'm sure that you've heard that before. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But you're maybe you don't even know what that means. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit in the second half of the show. But to set the stage, you've heard the words of Jesus take Take my yoke upon you. What's interesting is this is said within this context. Listen to the other words that are in this passage. Jesus said, come to me. You know, those of you that are working and you, you care, you're heavy laden, you're, you're giving energy, you're giving all of these things. He says, come to me so I can give you rest. This is an interesting idea. And, and part of what he's saying is make sure you're doing the work that I have for you. Part of this passage that I've heard the least is this one. Take my yoke upon you. Here's, here's what I've heard the least. Learn from me, Jesus said. I'm gentle, lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. As we get into the second half of the show, I'm going to talk more about taking my yoke. And you might be someone that would say, that's me. I need rest for my soul. I'm, I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. I want to understand this command of Jesus so I can receive the blessings that he has for me so I can be whole, so I can serve with effectiveness, so I can not only love God, but also love my neighbor, even my enemies. And I can serve and do unto others what I would have them do to me. And one of the ways to do that is to learn this command of Jesus, to learn to take his yoke. Take my yoke 
because here's the truth. We'll talk about it in the second half of the show about the fact that his burden is light. So if you're feeling the pressure, I want you to hold tight. We're going to take a break and I'm going to talk more about the commands of Jesus. So stay tuned. You're listening now to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Well, thank you for staying tuned. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Hey, we're continuing the conversation called The Commands of Jesus. This is episode three in a four-part mini-series, and we're talking about some commands of Jesus in today's discussion. The first one we mentioned today is to do unto others, and now we've began the conversation on the ninth command of Jesus, to take my yoke, where Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So with this idea, what is the yoke of Christ? So the yoke of Christ is to live with Christ and to live in Christ. So what does that mean? It means to live in relationship, in a relational way with Christ, where where we are living with in the auspices of his perspective, of his will, of his way, we get to know him. I use the word relationship because we're investing our energy to get to know him, to be vulnerable before him. And, and, and what we do is we learn to not just relate, but to live in the mission of, of the Father, the mission of God. And if you think about it, Jesus came to serve and to give his life for other people. Here's the idea. When we take on the yoke of Christ— we too come as people of service, giving our lives for others. So we come as a vessel, not just a vessel to be a servant, but a vessel for Christ to serve through us. See, Christ accomplishes his work through people like you and me that, that are Christian, that, that are believers, followers of Jesus. So this idea of taking on the yoke of Christ means what we do is we serve at his pleasure, like like a slave would have to a master. It's been described like this, to take on Christ's yoke is to be burdened to Christ. Our our drive, our burden, our attachment is with Christ. So here's a word I thought. It's, it's like being harnessed together with Christ, where the idea is we are not necessarily trusting our ability, but but Christ's power, where we're not learning from our capacity. We're learning from his ways, his truths, the word of God, where, where we don't have to make every decision, but we yield to God's control. And what, what we hear from Jesus is his yoke is actually easy. So to, to live out what taking on the yoke of Christ is in a way that's easy, there's three things that we need to know. The first one is we have to know when we take on the yoke of Christ that we will suffer you know, the goal of life is not to be problem-free. When we suffer, that does not mean we're failing. That does not mean we're doing something wrong. But part of being yoked with Christ is being one that suffers with him. The second thing we need to know is that God is in control. 
Here's the beauty of that. When we're yoked with Christ, we don't have to be in control. We're not abandoning our faculties. We're not throwing things to the wind, but, but God is in control. He's the one with the answer. So we have to know that we will suffer, but also know that God is in control. And lastly, when we think about taking on the yoke of Christ, we have to know that God is acting in according to his mission. Everything that happens is to serve the purpose of his mission. So when we stray from his mission, we're, we're not taking on his yoke. We're, we're taking off that attachment, that harnessing to Christ. But when we are harnessed to Christ, then we know that everything that happens is fulfilling God's mission. So today we've talked about two of the commands of Jesus to do unto others, to take my yoke. The third one I'll talk about today, it's the 10th command of Jesus. Jesus said, abide in me. John 15, abide in me and I in you, Jesus says. He continues, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing apart from Christ. So the call is to abide in him. So we're repenting, we're following, we're seeking, we're loving God, we're doing all these things, we're suffering with him, but yet now we abide in him. The call to abide in Christ is to live. It's to live in Christ. When I moved to Columbus in my past, Ohio, I uh, by default, had to become an Ohio State football fan. And actually, I, I did. I, I became an Ohio State football fan, although for those listening, I, I do like Notre Dame better than Ohio State, and I know some of you already feel sorry for me. But I learned I had to live a little differently in Columbus because everything was all about the Buckeyes. I had to find a way to live in a culture that I belonged to, and and I lived in that space. And and after I moved away, I brought some of that with me and still am an Ohio State Buckeye fan. It's kind of like that when you are living in the world and you become a follower of Christ. We we actually are go counterculture to to humanity and we abide in him. We we live according to his world, his will, his rules. We follow these commands with you know, we we should live according to his perspective. And he said things like this, the first will be last. That's that's how we abide in him, by following that. Or servants are the greatest. Or, or we must seek God first. We have to meet the needs of, of others. The idea of abiding in Christ is the idea of living according to his commands. And it's not enough. It's not enough for a believer to just know about Christ and what he's done for us. If we desire to grow in our relationship with the Lord, Christ must be the very source of our life and the power to fulfill every command that he gives us because he said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So today we've talked about do unto others, take my yoke, abide in me. The last one I'll share with you today, it's command number 11, is let your light shine. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 records Jesus saying in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I just want to say it right here. If you're listening in as a discipleship coach, I want to tell you this statement. Other people should know that you are a follower of Jesus. 
We're talking about the commands of Jesus today. One of the things I want us to know that, that we're commanded to let our light shine. Other people should know that you follow Jesus. We are the light where it's dark. You know, that's unpopular. It goes against the grain. You know, last night I walked into my daughter's room. She's uh, in sixth grade, and there's a flashlight that she had in her bed. It was shining onto the ceiling. She had fallen asleep, and it was illuminating the whole room. And I, I took the flashlight, and I, I turned it off, and it became dark. It's interesting because as humans, as carnal people, we bring a perfect and a holy message and it comes from a carnal and an unholy person. And, and what happens is we're in a carnal, unholy world, and it's like that flashlight. We're turning on light, and it dispels the darkness. Remember that, that we are the light because we reflect Jesus. It's not in our power, but we are reflections of the one true light. Jesus said about himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We carry that light of Jesus with us. He's the light of the world. The world is dark, and it was like that at creation. Remember, the world was void and dark and empty. Our lives are like that without Christ, but Jesus is the light of the world, and he gives us He, he gives us the answer. He gives us the way, the light. And then God's word lights our path. It shows us where to go. Let your light shine, because we're reflecting him. We're the light of the world because we reflect Jesus. So today, let Jesus shine through you. We seek Christ, so Christ works in our lives. And I commend you for doing that. But what we're learning here is we should also seek Christ, so not only does he work in you, but that Christ works through your life. And that's how we let our light shine. Oh, that Christ would work not only in me, but through me. Why? Because darkness is dispelled by the light. We reveal God through our life, and it lights up the darkness. Light is seen when it's the darkest. So if you're living in a tough spot, in an immoral world, in a place that seems very difficult, you can carry Jesus, who is the light of the world, and you should let your light so shine before others. These commands of Jesus are hard to walk out, but they're a joy. You might want some assistance and a plan at how to live according to these commands. And if so, you want to work with a discipleship coach and we want to help. You can actually visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire. But just contact us. We would love to partner with you as a discipleship coach in your life, in your business, and in your spiritual life. Just visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And by the way, be sure to download and follow us as a podcast and share it with those around you. Sincerely, we want to say thank you for listening today. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And at Professional Coach University, who sponsors our show, you can get involved with them. They are there to maximize your potential. They can help you grow as an individual, but also as a coach. You can visit and learn more at professionalcoachuniversity.com. They wanted me to plug their upcoming training beginning on February 13th. There's still time to sign up and get in on that. You can learn more at professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, thanks for listening today. I want to tell you that I'm for you and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. 
Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.